Welcome everyone. Shalom and blessings to you. Doing things a little bit different today, so bear with me. Hope that everybody can hear me. Hope that you could hear that song. We did share it the other day on our fellowship, and it's just so beautiful. I wanted to share it again. As we are still in this Passover week, now the week of unleavened bread, and what a wonderful time it has been to remember the sacrifice, not only the first, but now the second Passover of our lamb, the blood of the lamb that was spread on the doorpost as the angel passed over Mitzrayim to save the firstborns or to kill the firstborns, depending on if you were covered by the blood. And then the second would be to remember our Messiah, our Savior, that shed his blood. We know him as the door as well that leads to the Father. So he spread his blood on that doorpost for us so that we can now have a relationship with Yahuwah. What a blessing that is. We're just so thankful for today. Hallelujah. He is risen from the grave. And so something to always remember, to never take for granted, no matter where you are in your life, that is a blessing that will always be powerful. You always need to hold that to that truth and to know that the Savior died gave his life for you and me, and we are washed clean, white as snow. Such a beautiful thing. Let's say hello to a few folks this morning that are in the chat already. Great to see everybody. We've got Dan. Looks like he's going to be doing some work on his Goshen. Amen. I'm so glad that you've got a new place to enjoy. It's always wonderful where the Father leads, and we just want the Father's will to be done in all of our lives, wherever that leads. We need to trust him knowing that his plan is perfect and that we don't need to doubt it, to not have the faith that it is going to lead us where we need to be. We've got Andrea as well. Shalom. Great to see you this morning. And Asia, thank you for joining. We've also got my wife here. Shalom. Let's see. And Amanda, great to see you as well. Hope everybody's having a great week. 
We're just so blessed for the fellowship that we've had. We've, we're able to have some friends over for our Passover meal to celebrate that time, to remember him and the sacrifices made for us. And it's just been a wonderful time. We've also got Betty here. Thank you for joining. Welcome and howdy, Betty. Just been a wonderful time so far. And so it, I know everybody may celebrate these times on a, a different day, but it's remembering it. It's celebrating it that counts. We want to honor and remember these Moedim days that are set apart from the traditions of man, from the world, the, the festivals that the world celebrates. Those are not for us. And we know many of the world is celebrating a particular day today. And of course, we need to celebrate and remember the resurrection and the fact that our Messiah is risen. But we are not going to be celebrating that day of man. We are remembering him throughout this day and every day. Always important to remember that. So I'm going to be reading the Cho Hamoed. And that is generally read in the intermediate days of Passover, the, a week of unleavened bread in between. And it's got some really wonderful verses. Of course, we're not doing our typical Torah reading cycle today. Uh, this is going to be a special edition version, if you want to call it. Uh, we still will be sharing a portion from the Torah as well from the prophets and also from the Gospels. And so I'm just looking forward to what these portions have as they all connect to the Passover, to the resurrection, becoming alive again in the Father. We know that when we are washed clean, washed in the blood, when we are baptized in the waters, the living waters, that we have a new life put into us, that Ruach, the Holy Spirit, is put within us, and that heart of stone is removed and replaced with a heart of flesh. So just a wonderful thing and a blessing that we have been given and what a wonderful sacrifice that the father and the son made for us so that we could have that gift. All right. So let me get my screen shared. I had my music up, so I've got to switch that around real quick. Bear with me. If it would only let me share multiple things at once, that would make things easier. All right. Let's see here. There we go. All right. We'll put this up from Andrea here. She says, remember, Zakar is a big word for us going forward. See John 14, 26. Let's see if we can read that real quick. Let me pull it up. John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Ruach HaKodesh, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said to you. Amen. And that is something we pray for and ask for all the time. Every time we do a show that the Ruach 
will fill us, that it will speak through us, that his words can speak through us, not words of us, not our opinion. We just want to speak the Father's words. And so we pray that each message here is a blessing that we can all learn together, glean from the scripture, and just create a greater love for one another, and of course, for the Father and Son. Welcome, Tyler. Good to see you. Hallelujah, indeed. He is risen. What a wonderful time this is. All right, so our readings today are going to be from Exodus 33, 12 through 34, 26. That's going to be the Torah reading. The half Torah prophets reading comes from Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. So it's an interesting, very intriguing chapter. Excited to get into that one. And then the gospel, the Basor portions coming from Matthew 26, 26 through 27, 54. And I do have a extra little reading I'm going to add on at the end just to finish it off because we know that today he is risen and that we have redemption and salvation through him. All right, let's blow the shofar to get us started. Three, the three blasts just to represent the three day and nights that he, our Messiah, was in the grave and is no longer there. The tomb stone was removed. What a wonderful time that would have been to have been there to witness that, to hear the, the news just spreading around the town that he's not there, he's risen risen from the dead. What a wonderful thing. Full of excitement, I'm sure. All right. So we're going to start in Exodus 33:12. And Moshe said to Yahuwah, "See, you are saying to me, bring up this people, but you have not made known to me whom you would send with me, though you have said, I know you by name." And you have also found favor in my eyes. And now, please, if I have found favor in your eyes, please show me your way and let me know you so that I find favor in your eyes and consider that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence does go and I shall give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence is not going do not lead us up from here. For how then shall it be known that I have found favor in your eyes and I, your people, except you go with us? Then we shall be distinguished, I and your people, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. And Yahuwah said to Moshe, Even this word you have spoken I shall do, for you have found favor in my eyes. And I know you by name. I just want to stop there for a minute. I guess almost a month ago now, possibly when we were going over this Torah portion, we were in a deep discussion uh, with some brothers. And we were going over this, just discussing how Yahuwah knows 
Moshe by name. That is, he's found favor. So I was thinking, and actually John Call brought this up. We all are very aware of the famous verse, you know, Lord, Lord, have we not done all these wonderful works in your name, prophesied in your name? And we know that it, it goes, it finishes with depart from me, workers of iniquity. I never knew you. And I think this verse really points to that. You know, we're always wondering, you know, who is that talking about? You know, is that going to be believers, non-believers? Obviously, they seem to be believers because they're doing works in his name. They're, you know, professing his name that they know the father. But this right here says, I know you by name. And I think that's really what it comes down to. Is the father going to know you by your name? It's not going to matter if you know him, if you're proclaiming his name, if you're proclaiming to do right. But if he doesn't know you because your fruit isn't ripe and righteous, if you're not living according to his commands, is he going to truly know your name? It's just a thought. I'm not saying one way or another, but that really has got me thinking, connecting those two verses, how the Father must know our name. Of course, we need to know his name as well and proclaim it and honor it and uphold it and guard it. But if he doesn't know our name, and if he doesn't find favor from us, are we going to be his called out chosen one? Just something I, I've been pondering. Let me know if you have any thoughts on that. Just something ever since we had that discussion, it had really got me thinking that we must make sure that the father knows us by name. That's the most important thing. That he finds favor from the way we are living, that we are pleasing to him, that our sacrifice, our offerings to him are pleasing. Picking up in 18, then he said, please show me your esteem. And he said, I shall cause all my goodness to pass before you. And I shall proclaim the name of Yahuwah before you. And I shall favor him whom I favor and shall have compassion on him who I have compassion. But he said, you are able to see my face. You are unable, I'm sorry, to see my face. For no man does see me and live. And Yahweh said, See, there is a place with me, and you shall stand on the rock. And it shall be, while my esteem passes by, that I shall put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I shall take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen." We want the Father's face to be looking upon us, to be shining upon us, to receive those blessings that we so often say and speak over each other. It's just a beautiful thing, but we want the favor to be seen. We want that to be seen upon us and that his face shines upon us, that he knows us. Of course, he, he knows all of his children. But we need to make sure that he knows us by name 
so that we can be called apart, set apart from the world. Chapter 34, And Yahuwah said to Moshe, Cut two tablets of stone like the first ones, and I shall write on these tablets the words that were on the first tablets which you broke. And be ready in the morning. Then you shall come up in the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself to me there on the top of the morning. And let no man come up with you and let no man be seen in all the mountain. And let not even the flock or the herd feed in front of that mountain. And he cut two tablets of stone like the first ones. Then Moshe rose early in the morning and went up to Mount Sinai as Yahweh had commanded him. And he took two tablets of stone in his hand. And Yahweh came down in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name Yahweh. And Yahweh passed before him and proclaimed Yahweh, Yahweh, an El compassionate and showing favor, patient and great in loving commitment and truth. Watching over loving commitment for thousands, forgiving crookedness and transgression and sin, but by no means leaving unpunished, visiting the crookedness of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. And Moshe hurried and bowed himself toward the earth and did obeisance and said, If now I have found favor in your eyes, O Yahuwah, I pray, Yahuwah, go on in our midst, even though we are a stiff-necked people, and forgive our crookedness and our sin, and take us as your inheritance. That's something we still need to be praying. We can be stiff-necked. We can be transgressing. We can have sin, crookedness, whatever word you want to describe it. We need to be asking that we can inherit that promised land of salvation. And thankfully, because of our Messiah, we have that chance. It's not just given. We have to earn it. We have to redeem ourselves. We have to repent and turn from our crooked ways, seeking the Father with all our mind, heart, and soul and strength, meditating on His Word day and night, bearing fruit, Pleasant fruit that are pleasing, not not rotten fruit. Amen, Asia. That is how we are truly to be truly on the narrow path. That is what we desire. That is the inheritance. I think the narrow path, that's what leads to our inheritance, which leads to that promised land. Are we walking our life out in the character of Yahuwah? So true. He left the perfect example behind. He gave his son to walk this earth as the perfect example, the perfect, unblemished, spotless lamb. We can only strive to emulate Messiah. It is not always easy when things come up to turn the other cheek, to forgive, to repent. All these things are learning lessons that only make us stronger when we can finally submit and humble ourselves, set down our pride to pick up that cross and carry it. 
Amen, Andrea. Responding out of love, obedience. So true. Great words, everyone. Thank you so much for all your comments. My wife says here, when we see the word if, we need to pay attention to what follows. Torah is perfect and is the love of the Father. Amen. So yeah, let's inhabit, let's display, let's put forth the character of Yahuwah in all of our actions, in all of our words, even our thoughts. We don't want our vessel filled with even a drop of sin, poison, whatever you want to call it. It can ruin the entire batch. We need to make sure that we are filled to the brim, overflowing with goodness, with love, with righteousness, with compassion and patience. All the fruits of the Spirit are what we are called to inhibit. And if we are living that way, we will bear those righteous fruits. All right. Picking up in verse 10 of Exodus 34. And he said, See, I am making a covenant before all your people. I am going to do wonders such as you, such, I'm sorry. I'm going to do wonders such as have not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation. And all the people among whom you shall see the work of Yahuwah. For what I am doing with you is awesome. Sorry, I changed that a little bit. But it is awesome. What the Father has done, is doing, and will do is awesome. It is amazing. And we need to just be thankful that He is willing to pour down these blessings upon us. To forgive us of our wicked ways. Gave us a, a, a chance to reign with Him for eternity in His kingdom. Guard what I command you today. See, I am driving out from before you the Amorite and the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and the Hewite and the Jebusite. Guard yourself, lest you, make, lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land where you are going, lest it be a snare in your midst, but break down their slaughter places and smash their pillars and cut down their ashram. For you do not bow yourselves to another mighty one, for Yahuwah, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous El. Lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land and those whore after their mighty ones and slaughter to their mighty ones. And one of them invites you and you eat of his slaughterings and you take of his daughters for your sons and his daughters whore after their mighty ones and make your sons whore after their mighty ones. Do not make a molded mighty one for yourself. Strong words right there. And I think that can really symbolize just living in the world, accepting false doctrine, being associated with those living in sin, because that is an influence on our own life. And if we are filling ourselves through our eyes, through our ears, even our mouth, what we eat, if we're partaking in that wickedness, 
we're going to be susceptible to that as well. Like it says here, break down their slaughter places, their pillars, their idols. We need to stand for the truth. We need to guard the commandments. In this time, we see that the world is rebuking these things, that they are turning it into evil, that the believers of the Father are being flipped as the ones in the wrong. And we have got to stand for what is right. It may come with persecution, but we must break down the idols of the world. We must uphold what is righteous and worthy and in what is commanded from the Father. Let's see what Tyler is sharing here out of Psalms 51, 9 and 10. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O Yahuwah, and renew a right spirit within me. Amen. And David is such an amazing example. We know he was a murderer, an adulterer, did many wicked things. But he turned from those and he had a repentant heart. And he is known as a man after Yah's own heart. It is what we do to turn from those sins, how we seek him and give him our all. That's what matters. That's what counts. And he will redeem us. Amen. Asia saying, I want righteousness, the Yeshua, the salvation, redemption, the word. The word made flesh gives us all of that. He redeems us from our sins. He provides us the salvation that we're seeking for these end times. They are coming upon us. We must be ready. We don't want to be caught off guard to where it's too late to turn from our wicked ways. Great comments, everybody. No time to play. Change our appetites. Be with Yah. Seek His kingdom first. Amen. You know, the flesh has many appetites. It desires many things. And the more wicked this world gets, the worse it's going to become. The more difficult it is going to be to fight off temptation. That's why we must stick to the word. We must meditate on it day and night, praying that his Ruach be filled within us, that our fire never be, be put out, that it always be burning bright on that hillside for those living in the world to see, because there will become a day where they are realizing they are lost and lonely and they need hope and they need direction. And so when they can spot that light on the hill, they will know where to go to. And we will all need to be that living example of how to live because many of us, well, all of us have sinned. We will never be perfect. All of us have come from a dark place, one place or another. We have now been washed of that darkness. The light has been opened in our eyes. We are now emitting that light of the Father, of the truth. And so we need to continue that, knowing that there will be a time where others come to us looking for advice, seeking that knowledge. And we need to approach that with love and kindness, knowing that we possibly could have been in their same shoes once upon a time. The Father is working in all of us. It's just His timing 
You don't need to wonder why now, why did it take so long? Just be thankful that it happened, that the, the blinders were removed from your eyes, that you now see the truth. We were all blinded like Paul, but now we can see. Hallelujah. And thank Yah for that. Great words. There is no time to waste on empty words or thoughts. All of our words need to be meaningful. They need to be full of life and positivity. And if we are speaking the word, if we are speaking the truth that we find throughout the scriptures, from the beginning to the end, the Old Testament, the prophets, the New Testament, they are all one. They all need to be put together. They are not separated. They are not, one's not done away with. They are all one from the beginning to the end. Take this whole world, but give me Yahusha. That's right. Take it all. Take whatever you need, but give me the Messiah. That's wonderful. Welcome, Heather. Good to see you. Glad you are here. It's such a great day. I'm so thankful to be fellowshipping, reading the word. It's always a wonderful time to be able to do that anytime we can. All right, let's get moving on. We got more to read. Verse 18 of Exodus 34. Guard the festival of matzah, that time we are currently in right now. Unleavened bread. We are commanded to guard this for all generations, for a perpetual, everlasting covenant. This was not done away with. We were, in fact, grafted in. We are now part of Israel, the chosen people. So we must continue to guard the commandments, the Shabbat, the Moedim, those set-apart days, the holy days, not the holy days. For seven days you eat unleavened bread, as I commanded you, in the appointed time of this new moon of Aviv, because in the new moon of Aviv you came out of Mitzrayim. Everyone opening the womb is mine, and every male firstborn among your livestock, whether bull or sheep, but the firstborn of a donkey you ransom with a lamb. And if you do not ransom, then you shall break his neck. Every firstborn of your sons you shall ransom, and they shall not appear before me empty-handed. Six days you work. But on the seventh day you rest, in plowing time and in harvest you rest, and perform the festival of Shavuot for yourself. What is upon us next, the next feast that is coming upon us, now counting down the days, counting the Omer. Perform the festival of Shavuot of, for yourselves, of the first fruit of wheat harvest, and the festival of ingathering, which is the festival of Sukkot. And at the turn of the year, three times in the year, all your men are to appear before the master Yahuwah, the Elohim of Israel. For I dispose nations before you and shall enlarge your borders and let no one covet your land when you go up to appear before Yahuwah, your Elohim, three times in the year. 
Do not slay the blood of my slaughterings with leaven, and do not let the slaughterings of the festival of the Pesach remain until morning. Bring the first of your first fruits of your land to the house of Yahweh, your Elohim. Do not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. So right there, it, it shows us, it commands us to honor these, these three times, the Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot. And we know there are other Moedim, but these are the three main that are to be honored every year. We must not forget. I love that right there from Tyler. Grafted in Israelite, Torah keeper. Amen. We don't necessarily stick to a certain name. I really like the one John Cobb says. He calls himself Walker of the Way, a way walker. He's walking that narrow path out. You know, uh, messianic. Um, uh, there's all kinds of different words we use, but I really like that one that Tyler says. A Nazarim is another one. Grafted in Israelite Torah keeper. That's great. I really like that. Grafted in to the existing tree. I know Lee brought this up the other day. You know, we are grafted into Messiah. That tree was existing. That tree is the Old Testament. It is a renewed covenant. The New Testament, yes, it's new. It was fulfilled and expanded upon. He fulfilled the covenant. He brought us back to the Father. The divorce that He had made from His people. He now is the doorway that opens up and leads to our Father. But we were grafted in to that existing tree. Amen for that. I was going to wear my grafted in by Messiah shirt, and it was a little too wrinkled. So I decided to wear my Pesach shirt, the blood of the lamb. Such a beautiful remembrance to have of that time. And I hope everyone has been enjoying their Pesach week, the week of unleavened bread. Welcome, Annette. So glad to see you. Hope you are having a wonderful morning. All right, so we are now going to move on into the half Torah from the prophets, Ezekiel 37. And I'll have to admit, I have not done a lot of study on this chapter in the past. So reading through it this week was really profound. Just an amazing sight to think about, to behold. Really incredible. The valley of dry bones. Starting in verse 1. The hand of Yahuwah was upon me and took me out by the Spirit of Yahuwah and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was filled with bones. And he made me pass among them all around and see there were very many on the surface of the valley, and see, they were very dry. Very unusual, you know, even in this time, it was a disgrace not to have the bones buried in the ground. So whatever happened in this area, it was looked upon basically as a curse because all these bones were dried up, just laying on the ground, scattered throughout. 
not given a proper burial. And he said to me, son of man, would these bones live? And I said, oh, master Yahuwah, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and you shall say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of Yahuwah. Thus said the master Yahuwah to these bones, see, I am bringing into you a spirit and you shall live. And I shall put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put a spirit in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am Yahuwah. And I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied, there was a noise and there was a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. And I looked and saw sinews and flesh came upon them and skin covered them, but there was no spirit in them. He then said to me, prophecy, prophesy to the spirit, prophesy son of man, and you shall say to the spirit. Thus says the master Yahuwah, come from the four winds, O spirit, and breathe on these killed ones so that they live. And I prophesied as he commanded me. And the Spirit came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, a very great army. And he said to me, Son of man, these bones are all the house of Israel. See, they say, our bones are dry, our expectancy has perished, and we ourselves have been cut off. Therefore, prophesy. And you shall say to them, Thus said the Master Yahuwah, See, O my people, I am opening your burial sites, and shall bring you up from your burial sites, and shall bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am Yahuwah, when I open your burial sites, my people, and bring you up from your burial sites. And I shall put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I shall settle you in your own land, and you shall know that I, Yahuwah, have spoken, and I have done it, declares Yahuwah. Wow, I just, I'm trying to even imagine and picture this in my mind. I don't think that Hollywood and the CGI could even do this scene justice. What an amazing sight this would have been to see the dry bones regenerate, gaining the flesh, standing up on their feet as a great army. Yahuwah putting his spirit within them, his breath. While this passage is not a direct proof text teaching the resurrection of the dead, it does furnish a very vivid picture of, of the method in which Yahuwah will call all men back to life on that last day. And when I was reading through this, I almost pictured ourselves, the, the, the body of Israel, of all nations, living in the world, not living righteously. But these dry bones came back to life when the Spirit, when the Ruach of Yahuwah was put 
within each of us. That dry, stony heart was removed, and a heart of flesh with all the sinews and the muscles and tendons, the organs and the blood were all put back and renewed by his breath, by the spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh. Just a wonderful image. I really enjoyed that. Just reading through that and visualizing that this could also be compared to the people of today. The people that are not living righteously, that are not living with the spirit, not living with the word in their heart. And so we need to have that circumcised heart. Remove that stony heart from us. Put your heart of flesh within us. And that great army, that's the remnant that he is restoring. He's restoring the dry bones. And so I do think that in a way, those dry bones represent us, the life that we once lived. Now we have been brought back to life in the blood of the Lamb in the washing of the everlasting life. So wonderful. I saw a few comments here. Let me go back so I don't leave anybody out. This one from Andrea here. In the transition from churchianity to Torah keeping, the cry of my heart was, I don't know who I am. We need to help those still there to understand who we are in Mashiach. Amen. And that is such a blessing. You know, we are so thankful for those that showed us that truth that helped open our eyes to the glory of Yah and to the deceptions that we had been taught. It's not always easy unlearning some of those things. There's a lot to learn of truth, but there's a lot of lies and deception to unlearn at the same time. And so we need to make sure that we are offering that existence out to others because we were there once before as well. And that is why we want to share the Great Commission to the four corners of the nations for those that don't know the Messiah or that have been deceived and don't know the truth. We are here to speak the truth. That's why we rely on scripture only. We don't rely on doctrines of man because that's what can lead us astray. We want to be taught by the teacher himself, the word made flesh, our one and only rabbi, the Messiah. Call no other man rabbi, only our Messiah. My wife's here saying, I wish someone had explained to me that I was grafted in to the original tree, the Israelite, that it was a renewed covenant, not a new one. The same roots of Torah, the same tree. Amen. That is a huge deception that is unfortunately taught in the church that the old is done away with, that the Torah is no longer relevant, that we don't need to uphold those commands we don't need to honor the Shabbat, even though it is one of the Ten Commandments. You know, we know the Messiah himself was the Word made flesh, the living Torah. And we know, even taught in church, that he was sinless, that he lived perfectly. How do we know he lived perfectly? Because he obeyed the Torah perfectly and completely. 
And so we need to be doing the same. The Torah is still relevant today as it was when it first was spoken by the mouth of Yahuwah. All right, so we're going to finish up in the Besor portion. And this really goes through the entire process, beginning with the Lord's Supper all the way to the crucifixion. And then we're going to end on a little, on a happier note with the resurrection. So starting in Matthew 26, 26, as they were eating, Yahushua took bread and having blessed, broke and gave it to the taught ones and said, take, eat, this is my body. And taking the cup and giving thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood that of the renewed covenant, which is shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. But I say to you, I shall certainly not drink of this fruit of the vine from now until that day when I drink it anew with you in the reign of my Father. Amen. We are so looking forward to his return that day that he comes from the clouds that he raises the dead. It's going to be a wonderful, amazing day. Verse 30, And having sung a song, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Yahushua said to them, All of you shall stumble in me this night, for it has been written, I shall strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered. Wow. But after I have been raised, I shall go before you unto Galil and Kepha, or Peter, saying, answering, said to him, Even if all stumble in you, I shall never stumble. Yahushua said to him, Truly I say to you that this night before the cock crows, you shall deny me three times. Kepha said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I shall not deny you. All the taught ones said the same too. Then Yahushua came with them to the place called Gethsemane and said to the taught ones, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Kepha and the two sons of Zebedee. And he began to be grieved and deeply distressed, so much so that he started bleeding as he was crying. Then he said to them, my being is exceedingly grieved, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. And going forward a little, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Let not as I desire, but as you desire. Let your will be done. And he came to the taught ones and found them asleep and said to Kepha, so were you not able to watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into trial. The spirit indeed is eager, but the flesh is weak. Referring to the temptation. Again, he went away a second time and prayed, saying, O oh my father, if it is impossible for this to pass unless I drink it, let your desire be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them, went away again, 
and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his taught ones and said to them, Still sleeping and taking rest? See, the hour has come near, and the son of Adam is delivered up into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. See, he who delivers me up has come near. And while he was still speaking, see, Yehuda Iscariot, one of the twelve, with a large crowd with swords and clubs, came from the chief priest and elders of the people. And he who was delivering him up gave them a sign, saying, Whomever I kiss, it is he, seize him. And going straight up to Yahusha, he said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. And Yahusha said to him, Friend, why have you come? Then they came and laid hands on Yahusha and seized him. And look, one of those with Yahusha put out his hand and drew his sword, and striking the servant of the high priest, cut off his ear. Then Yahusha said to him, Return your sword to its place. For all who take the sword shall die by the sword. <clears throat> or do you think that I am not able to pray to my father now? And he shall provide me with more than twelve legions of messengers? How then would the scriptures be filled that it has to be this way? He knew he was fulfilling scripture, fulfilling the prophecy. It had to be done. And he knew that. No one else understood except Messiah. In that hour, Yahusha said to the crowds, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to arrest me? Daily I sat with you, teaching in the set-apart place, and you did not seize me. But all this came to be, so that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the taught ones left him and fled. And those who had seized Yahusha led him away to Kepha, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were gathered together. But Kepha followed him at a distance to the courtyard of the high priest. And he went in and sat with the servants to see the end. And the chief priests and the elders and all the council were seeking false witness against Yahusha to put him to death, but found none. Although many false witnesses came forward, they found none. But at last, two false witnesses came forward and said, This one said, I am able to destroy the dwelling place of Elohim and to build it in three days. And the high priest stood up and said to him, Have you no answer to make? What do these witnesses witness against you? But Yahushua remained silent. So the high priest said to him, I put you to oath. By the living Elohim that you say to us, if you are the Messiah, the son of Elohim, Yeshusha said to him, you have said it. Besides, I say to you, from now on, you shall see the son of Adam sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of the heaven. Then the high priest tore his garment, saying, he has blasphemed. Why do we need any more witnesses? See now, you have heard his blasphemy. What do you think? And they answering said, He is liable to death. Then they spat in his face and beat him, and others slapped him, saying, 
prophesy to us, Messiah. Who is the one who struck you? And Kepha sat outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him, saying, And you were with Yahusha of Galil. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you say. And as he was going out into the porch, another girl saw him and said to those there, And this one was with Yahusha of Nazareth. But again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while, those who stood by came to him and said to Kepha, Truly, you are one of them too, for even your speech gives you away. Then he began to curse and to swear, saying, I do not know the man. And immediately a cock crowed. And Kepha remembered the word of Yahusha, who had said to him, Before a cock crows, you shall deny me three times. And going out, he wept bitterly. And morning having come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Yahusha, so as to put him to death. And having bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Yehuda Iscariot, who he delivered him up, having seen that he had been condemned, repented, returned, the thirty pieces of silver to the priest, to the chief priest, and to the elders, saying, I have sinned in delivering up innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? You see to it. And throwing down the pieces of silver in the dwelling place, he left and went and hanged himself. And the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, It is not right to put them into the treasury, seeing they are the price of blood. So they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field for the burial of strangers. Therefore that field has been called the field of blood until today. Then was filled what was spoken by Yermiyahu, the prophet Isaiah, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him who was pierced, on whom they of the children of Yisrael set a price and gave them for the potter's field as Yahuwah had ordered me. <clears throat> and Yahushua stood before the governor and the governor asked him saying, Are you the sovereign of the Yahudim? And Yahushua said to him, I say it. And as he was accused by the chief priest and the elders, he answered not. Then Pilate said to him, do you not hear how much they witness against you? And he did not answer him, not one word, so that the governor wondered much. And at the festival, the governor used to release to the crowd one prisoner whom they wished. And they had then a well-known prisoner called Baraba. So when they were assembled, Pilate said to them, Whom do you wish I release to you? Barabbas, or Yahusha, who is called Messiah. For he knew that because of envy they had delivered him up. And as he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him, saying, Have none at all to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the crowds 
that they should ask for Barabbas and to destroy Yahusha. And the governor answering said to them, Which of the two do you wish I release to you? <clears throat> they said, Barabbas. <clears throat> Pilate said to them, Wait, then shall I do. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> this is difficult to read as well. Just awful to know <clears throat> the betrayal <clears throat> of our Messiah. Pilate said to them, What then <clears throat> shall I do with Yahusha, who is called Messiah? They all said to him, Let him be impaled. And the governor said, Indeed, what evil has he done? And they were crying out all the more, saying, Let him be impaled. <clears throat> and when Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but rather an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this righteous one. You shall see to it. And all the people answering said, His blood be on us of our children. Then he released Barabbas to them. Thank you. But having Yahushua whipped, he delivered him over to the, be impaled. Then the soldiers of the governor took Yahushua into the court and gathered the entire company of soldiers around him. And having stripped him, they put a scarlet robe on him. And plating a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they kneeled down before him and mocked him, saying, Greetings, sovereign of the Yahudim. And spitting on him, they took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off him, then put his own garments on him and led him away to be impaled. And as they were going out, they found a man of Cyrene, Shimon by name. They compelled him to bear his stake. And when they came to the place called Golgotha, that is to say, place of the skull, they gave him wine mixed with bile to drink. And after tasting, he would not drink it. And having impaled him, they divided his garments, casting lots that it might be filled what was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. That's from Psalms twenty-two, eighteen. And sitting down, they guarded him there, and they put up over his head the written charge against him. This is Yahusha, the sovereign, the king of the Yahudim, king of the Jews. Then two robbers were impaled with him, one on the right and the other on the left. And those passing by were blaspheming him, shaking their heads and saying, You who destroy the dwelling place and build it in three days, save yourself if you are the son of Elohim, come down from the stake. And likewise, the chief priest with the scribes and elders mocking said, he saved others. He is unable to save himself. If he is the sovereign of Israel, let him now come down from the stake, and when, and we shall believe him. He trusted in Elohim. Let him rescue him 
now if he desires him. For he said, I am the son of Elohim. And also the robbers who were impaled with him reviled him, saying the same. And from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Yahushua cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, Lima, Shibatini, that is, my El, my El, why have you forsaken me? Some of those standing there, having heard, said, This one calls Eliyahu. And immediately one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the rest said, Leave it. Let us see if Eliyahu comes to save him. And Yahuwah cried out again with a loud voice and gave up his spirit. And see, the veil of the dwelling place was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth was shaken, and the rocks were split, and the tombs were open, and many bodies of the set-apart ones who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the set-apart city and appeared to many. And when the captain and those with him who were guarding Yahusha, saw the earthquake and all that took place, they feared exceedingly, saying, Truly, this was the son of Elohim, the son of Yahuwah. I know that was a long read, but I just wanted to read through it from the beginning to the end of that so that we can reflect on the torment the betrayal that our Messiah went through for all of us. He knew it must be done. It was the Father's will. It was prophesied that it would happen. And it happened exactly as it was prophesied. It's amazing to read through Isaiah to see some of the details that are described of the crucifixion that aren't even mentioned in the gospel. We know it was a horrific time. But... Not only our Messiah gave of his life willingly, his love for us is what held him to that cross. He could have come down. He could have called an army of angels, but he chose to stay on that cross, to stay on the tree for you and me. Got one last thing to read. I'm just browsing through some comments here. Thank you, everybody, for sticking with me. I know this has gone a little longer than usual, but it is a very important thing to remember, to reflect on. So I just wanted to read Matthew 26, discussing the resurrection. But late in the Sabbath, as it was dawning into day one of the week, Miriam from Magdala, and from the other, Miriam, came to see the tomb, and see, there was a great earthquake, for the messenger of Yahuwah came down out of heaven, and came and rolled back the stone from the door, and sat on it. And his appearance was like lightning, and his garments as white as snow, and the guards trembled for fear of him, and he became like dead men. And the messenger responding said to the woman, 
the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Yahusha who was impaled. For he is not here, for he was raised, as he said, Come see the place where the master lay, and go quickly, say to his taught ones that he was raised from the dead, and see, he is going before you to Galil. There you shall see him, see, I have told you. And they left the tomb quickly, with fear and great joy, and ran to report to his taught ones, the Talmudim. And as they were going to report to the, his taught ones, See, Yahusha met them, saying, Greetings. And they came and held him by the feet, and did bow to him. Then Yahusha said to them, Do not be afraid. Go report to my brothers to go to Galil, and they shall see me there. Hallelujah. What a wonderful blessing, a wonderful reading that this is, to reflect on the resurrection the gift that he gave to all of us. It is a beautiful thing. And it is true. It hurts to think of the suffering our Messiah endured for us, for all of us. It is important, though, that we do not forget it. He would have endured all that for just one, yet he endured it for every person. So true. He drank that cup of iniquity for all of us. Mm. So before I end, I wanted to share a song. It's not always easy to find a song about him raise, rising from the dead. Of course, we try to stick to the, the names that we know to be true, to the time that we know to be true, that this is the Passover and the resurrection. But as I was browsing through, came across... And of course, we love some left and right ministries here. So I wanted to share this song and I'm going to leave on this. We can enjoy the song. It's about four minutes. If you want to stick with it, stay till the end. I just thank you all for joining this morning. I pray that the resurrection day is a blessing to you, that you can find joy in this time, find salvation in our Father, in the Son, they have given us this gift of everlasting life. Do not forget it. Do not take it for granted. We must continue to preach this message, to preach the repentance and the salvation that is brought through our Passover lamb, the Messiah. So shalom, everyone. Hope you have a blessed week. Thank you all for tuning in.
by the blood of your son we've been grafted oh merciful yah how awesome is your love oh merciful yah your son laid down his life to redeem this broken bride. Oh, the deep gratitude we have for your son who gathers the weary and broken and shows them all your love.